just about everybody. So how's everybody? Y'all ready for the cold weather? Got tarps up and straw around the bottom of your house and plastic on the sides. That's what my grandma always did. We're going to need it if it gets down to zero or negative six or whatever it said. So it's going to get cold. Um, This week, well, last week, we talked in uh, Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Uh, Daryl was talking about that parable there. And then this week, we're going to continue um, in Luke 18, 9 through 14 is where we're going to be. Um, This is going to have to deal with humility and honesty in our prayers. Um, I know we talk about being humble all the time, being a humble church, being a humble Christian, a humble person, um, being an honest person. Uh, that's a big thing, being, your, being an honest person in life, um, in your job, in your family, just as a person in general, being honest. And it's not that hard to do, to be honest, if you just tell the truth. But when we think about it in our prayer life, it goes a little deeper than that. It goes a little deeper than just not telling a lie and, and being humble out here in the community. Um, when we're doing and being honest and humble in our prayer life, we should be getting pretty deep as far as what our true faults are, what we're truly um, struggling with, that type of thing. That's where the honesty comes in. Um, and then being humble, uh, knowing that, that this, everything is God's. No matter what we've done, what we've got, uh, what we face, the, our life in general, knowing that it all comes from God. Um, and that takes humility sometimes as a, as a person, just human nature, to not take credit for things that happen in our life. I mean, I don't know about you, but when things are going good and, man, I feel like I've done well, and it's you got to remember, it's only because God let you. It's only because God gave you that. God gifted that to you. Um, so this right here is going to kind of focus on that. We're going to look at the two. We all know the, the scriptures here, the two, um, the Pharisee and tax collector. We're going to go through this, talk about it, ask some questions. Um, got a few questions that pertain to it, but want your thoughts on it, and we'll go from there. Uh, somebody, if we don't care, to turn over to Luke 18, 9 through 14, and somebody read that for us. It's only about five, six verses. All right, thank you. So right here, starting out in verse 9, we've got Jesus telling this parable to people who thought they were more righteous than others, thought they were better than others. Uh, They trusted in themselves. So Jesus knew his audience here. He knew who he was dealing with and the type of people that he was was speaking to. Um, So the example to follow here is kind of taking that into account that these people thought they were better than everyone else. we need to remember we aren't better than anyone else. As Genesis, it says in Genesis 1, 26, 27, we're made in God's image. Uh, we're made in the likeness of God. We're all equal. We're all made um, in God's image, and he made us that way so that we are all equal. Um, we aren't better than the next person, no matter what we think or how we feel. Um, and also, we're not better than the next person because we all fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. Uh, Romans 3:23 and then 3, 9 through 12 tells us that, that there is none righteous, no, not one. Um, we aren't better than the next Christian. We're all struggling, and we all need the grace of God to, to be saved. Uh, let's turn over to uh, Deuteronomy 9, 4 through 8. Deuteronomy 9, 4 through 8. If somebody gets there, go ahead and read that for us. Uh, through verse 8. All right, thank you. So right here, why did God choose Israel 
to do his work. Um, why did he choose them? Did he love them more than the other people? Were they better than the rest of them? What was his reasoning? What did he choose them to do? He chose them to do his will, didn't he? He chose them to punish the other nations to fulfill the will that he had said he was going to. Um, does God use us to fulfill his will in that way? Did you ever think about that? Um, so God chose the Israelites. It's not that he loved them more, but he gave them the opportunity to fulfill his will in this. And he does us the same way. He does us, um, gives us that opportunity sometimes to accomplish his will, uh, not because he loves us more, not because we're better than the next Christian, um, but hopefully we're following his plan. We are his children. We're doing it to the best of our ability. Um, and he's doing that to fulfill his will. So, question, why are we tempted to compare ourselves to others whenever other Christians, other people, and why, are we, why do we do that? Human nature? It's human nature to do it. Um, why do we trust in our own righteousness or behaviors and think that God cares about what we've done? Did you ever think about that? Why do we trust in what we have accomplished um, and think that we got like it's all we have is okay okay so do you ever think that you're right with God because of things you've done what you got Lord okay right and I think that's okay to do as long as we understand that that doesn't make us a better Christian than the next person that doesn't make us um, more saved or more loved by God because what we're doing, we can see what we're doing maybe more than what the person that's just praying for people is doing. Um, and I think that's the point here is we need to remember that no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, no matter all the accomplishments that we have, we're all equal in God's eyes as far as we're not better than the next person. Does that make sense? Any more questions or comments about that one? Right. That's right. Okay, move on to verse 10 there. So it says, um, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. So two men went up, one went to pray, and one went to give a report, if you think about it. Um, when we go to pray, we should just do that. We should just be praying when we come before God and with our prayers. Uh, we shouldn't be going to report to God to tell him all the good things we've done, how great we are, who we helped today, um, how much I read my Bible, how much I did this and that. Uh, we should just be going to pray, to pour out our hearts um, in thankfulness, um, being humble, being um, giving gratitude to God for all that he's done for us. Um, Psalm 61, 1 and 2, we've talked about that. We should look to the rock that's higher than us, greater than us. We should be going in prayer to ask God for, for help, to look in, looking to him who is greater than us. I mean, let him know what's in our heart. First Peter 5, 7 talks about uh, letting, God know what, letting God know what's in our heart. He already knows it, but he wants us to tell him. Um, and that's what we should be doing in our prayers, um, letting our requests be known to him, truly pouring out our hearts and knowing that God hears us. Um, knowing that God hears us, knowing that he's listening, knowing 
all those things, that brings that peace that passes all understanding that we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, that's a great thing to have in today's world, a peace, knowing that God's on your side and knowing that he's hearing everything that, that we're asking. Um, so a question here, why do we get distracted when we're praying? Does anybody else get distracted? You start saying a prayer and all of a sudden you're thinking about 10 other things and you remember, hey, I'm saying a prayer. I, I, was, I was supposed to be asking God for this, this, and this. Why do we get distracted? Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And it goes back to what we were talking about when Jesus prayed. He went to a quiet place. He went off by himself. Um, when you get by yourself, you're not as distracted. You can be more focused on praying to God. Uh, I think it's very important. In a way, what's some ways that we can stay focused as we're praying? I've got a list up here, but did you ever think about that? How, what can I do to not be distracted today so I can actually finish my prayer? A lot of times at night, I'll fall asleep before I even finish my prayer. But what ways can we keep from being distracted and stay focused? Okay? That was one of my big ones here is knowing who we're in the presence of. Um, having that awareness of knowing that, hey, we're talking to God. We're talking to the Lord Almighty, our Father, the creator of the earth. Having that awareness that how important that is whenever we do that. Um, and having the respect for him to give him that focus, to give him that time and that respect to to pray to him and, and not be distracted. Um, also knowing that his love for us and our love for him that should keep us from being distracted. Um, I don't know about you all, but if I'm talking to someone I love here on earth or somebody that I highly respect, whether it be a teacher, a boss, a coworker, a family member, um, a spouse, a kid, whatever, whenever I respect them and I love them, I'm going to give them my undivided attention. Um, even if there are distractions, a lot of times you put those away and you can silence those to understand what they're saying or to be able to talk to them. And we should do that even more towards God whenever we're saying our prayers. Uh, I know this seems elementary. It seems so like we should be teaching this over there like we've said before. But it's true. It's something that's very important in each of our lives, our prayer life, um, and as a Christian that we should be doing that and not be distracted whenever we're praying to God. Anybody else got a comment about that? Right. 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 And he wants to be in our life in each and everything. He was talking about praying all the time or how your day is going to go, things that you're going to do. Um, if we don't have that type of prayer life and we're not including God in those, we're going to struggle as a Christian, as an individual. Um, we need God in all aspects of that. Somebody else have a comment back there? What you have? Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Mm-hmm. Right. That being intentional, as you just said and Josh did too, that's a very important thing whenever we're, we're planning to pray. We're planning to, to talk to God. Um, and share with him what we need, what we're thankful for, things going on in our life. Uh, we need to plan that. We want to to make it intentional. Right? And that's true. Every day comes with a new set of struggles, a new someone else that's sick, a new um, problem that we have. 
So you, our prayers don't have to be repetitive. I mean, they can be. We can repeat the same things, but there's so much stuff to pray for in this life and in a church family. Um, if we're truly looking, we can just keep on praying for new things each and every day, every day. Anybody else? We're going to move on to verse 11, 11 and 12, actually. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus himself. Yeah, thus himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. So he's bragging right here. In his prayer, man, he's bragging to God of everything he's done and how he's so much better than this tax collector and all these other people that do so many bad things. So why does God hate pride so much? What's his big reason for hating pride? He tells us he does in James 4 and Proverbs 6. Uh, There's a bunch of verses here where it talks about how God does not like pride. But why doesn't he? Yep, so you're boasting in stuff you've done. Um, We're prideful. We're still in God's glory. Whenever we think we've done this on our own and look at all I've done, look at me, look at me, we're taking God's glory from him. We're boasting in something that's not ours to boast in. Um, God doesn't like that. God, we should be giving credit where credit's due. And this Pharisee was not doing that. Um, he was bragging about everything that he had done. But he forgot, when we do all these things, they're great, and we should be doing them. Um, but that's our duty. That is our duty as a Christian, uh, to be giving of our means, to be everything he talked about and then some. Um, that's our duty as a Christian to do that. And sometimes we forget that, that the things that we go out of our way to help somebody, or maybe we give a little more, or maybe we teach a class, or do a devotional, or help someone. Um, we shouldn't be boasting in that. We shouldn't be bragging about that. That's our duty as a Christian. We should all be involved one way or another in the church. And I think sometimes we forget that, that maybe they ask me to do that because I'm better at it. Maybe I'm the best one in here to do that, and it shouldn't be that way. That should be our duty, and we should be humbled for that opportunity. Um, and I think as Christians, if we don't try to get that mentality and that attitude, um, God doesn't like it. God does not like a prideful person or someone that thinks that it's all about them. Okay, so got a question for you all and see which. So it's been a struggle for me. So how do you pray humble, humbly, have a humble prayer, but also be proud for the things that God has blessed you with? So how do these two go together? Do you ever think about that? How do we pray a humble prayer, but giving thanks and being proud of what we have, being proud that, that God has blessed us with that? How do we do that? Well, that's what I'm asking. So I had that question about a month ago, and I just wondered. I didn't really have a great answer for them because you don't really know their heart or what they're really trying to say. I just wanted your all's thoughts on that. How do you be proud of something, be great, I guess grateful, but also do it humbly in your prayers? Okay. Right. And that was my answer. As long as we go back and give God the glory for it, and give God the thanks for it and know where it came from, I think it's okay to to be grateful and turn that 
proudness or that pride into gratitude when you do that. I think it, it kind of flips it there. I mean, do you all see that as well? Whenever you are praying for something, you're thankful for it, you're so glad that God has given you this opportunity or whatever it is, um, when you take the glory for it, it's pride. But if you flip that and give credit where credit's due and don't steal God's glory, as we were saying, then it turns into um, thankfulness. Right. And that's where we don't know people's hearts. So whenever that question was asked, it was all you can do is tell them that and let them take it from there on how they respond to it. But that's true. One more thing there in verse 11 that I think is kind of unique there, kind of says a lot. It says the Pharisee prayed with himself. So God doesn't hear our prayer if we don't approach him in the right way. Do you ever think about that? So when it says right here, uh, the prayers, the Pharisee stood and prayed with himself. Um, he was just out there talking. God wasn't truly hearing his prayer from the, what I read right here um, because he wasn't praying in the right way. I mean, do y'all get the same thing out of that? Proverbs 15, 8, 15, 29, John 9, 31. Uh, we have to approach God properly whenever we are praying with the right hearts and attitudes. Um, because like this, if we do it like the Pharisee, he was just up there talking. He was just praying to himself. And that's something we need to remember and think about um, when we do approach God. Right? And that's something we need to always think about whenever we are praying. Are we doing things sincerely? Um, are we doing them for show when we're praying in front of people or when we're praying for people? Are we doing it so that people can see us doing it? Or are we sincerely talking to God, doing it for the right reason. Um, we need to be able to tell the difference in that. Yes? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, and a lot of time we talk about that, we're just checking the boxes for others to see, and we're just here so people know we're here, that type of thing. We're checking the boxes as a Christian. But even personally, we need to make sure we're not just checking the box, say, yep, said my prayer today. Yep, I do what I'm supposed to today. And actually be sincere behind it. Actually be doing it um, in an honest way. I think we need to think about that whenever we are doing things. Um, not just for other show, but we need to make sure that our faith is actually being acted on in a sincere way. Yeah. Right. And another thing we have to do too, and this is hard as a Christian, it's hard as a church. Um, you're talking about whenever they start trying to do the right thing or we see them doing something that's maybe out of the ordinary for them. Maybe they're trying to turn a new leaf. I mean, maybe they're not just doing it for, for show. Maybe they, they've changed. We have to give everybody um, benefit of the doubt whenever they do do something that's maybe out of the ordinary for them and you think, well, that guy has never done that or that woman has never done whatever. Um, maybe they're trying to do better. So let's don't pass that judgment thinking they're trying to do it for show or just for whatever reason. Maybe they're doing it for the right reason. And we have Right. That's true. Right. And I think that's our whole, that can almost sum up our whole class as far as our prayer life. This should be who we are, not what we're doing. Um, the way we pray, the things we pray for, our attitude about prayer, um, all of it is going to kind of tie together that 
it should be every day. Pray without ceasing. This should be our life as far as who we are, not just what we do. Um, I think that's a good point, Mike. All right, let's move on to verses 13 and 14. So it talks about here the tax collector. He didn't even lift his eyes whenever he was praying, um, but beat his chest, asked for mercy. Um, he came to God asking for forgiveness. Our prayers need to have been needs to include asking for forgiveness in, in all that we do, because there's not a day goes by that we don't need forgiveness. There's not a day goes by that in our prayers we shouldn't ask for forgiveness. Now, I know we'll get up here and we'll pray the first prayer and we'll say, please forgive us of our sins. And then by the Lord's Supper, we're asking to please forgive us of our sins. And then by the end of the, the sermon, we're asking for please forgive us of our sins. And I've heard that said, well, why are we asking that? I mean, well, somebody may have sinned between now and then. I mean, that's how, that's how humans are. Um, I hate to say that. But, but in every prayer, I feel like we almost need to ask for forgiveness um, just in case. <laughs> just to make sure that God knows, hey, we're sorry for anything we've done wrong. And, and I feel like that's what the tax collector is doing here is, is including that forgiveness. Uh, Proverbs 28.13 and 1 John 1.9 tells us that it must include forgiveness in our prayers. Um, he called himself a sinner and he was honest about his condition before God. And I think this is the hard part for most of us, um, forget, admitting that we're wrong and we failed and what we did was wrong. Uh, that's human nature, uh, especially as you've always heard, men don't want to be wrong. And so sometimes that's a hard thing whenever you have to admit, you know what, I messed up. I, I did, it, did the wrong thing. And, but the more I study and the more that I realize Christianity is more about being honest and sincere and humble than it is about being perfect. Um, as long as we're honest about what we've done, we're honest about where we are in our Christian walk, um, we're sincere in asking for forgiveness, sincere in wanting to do better, and we're humble about it. I mean, that's better than being perfect because we're never going to be perfect. But we can be those other three. We can work hard to try to be those other three things there. Um, so this is, yeah. Right. All right, so I got a, I call it a bonus question. Doesn't really have, but I've always wondered this. So what keeps more of us from going down front whenever the invitation is brought? Um, I don't know about you, but every time Neil and Hiram get up and preach, they step on my toes. I mean, they always just bouncing all over my toes. And I don't go down front. Why don't we do that? Do we just reserve that for our big sins? Sins that maybe other people knew about or things we did, a big sin. That's what we reserve that for. Um, if we truly believed in prayer and believed in our church family and loved each other the way that we should, that pew would be full every Sunday. I mean, it would be, I feel like. Now, I'm as guilty as anybody else, but it always makes me wonder, why don't we do that? If we know prayer works, which we do, and if we know that we have a working church family and a loving church family, if those two things right there individually are as powerful as they are, which we know they are, when we go down front and ask for prayers, we're combining those two. We're putting those two together, and that should be kind of the fore on the forefront of our minds. Do you ever think about that? Do you all ever consider that? Or are we too worried about what other people may think? Well, what did he do? Man, he's really messed up. He went down. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Ronnie knew all about it before she ever went down. But you're right. I mean, and that is our that's our mentality because it's a tradition. But you don't go down front unless you have you messed up. Boy, you did wrong if you went down front. And that should be the complete opposite. Um, I think we need to do that. I'm just speaking to about a third of or whatever number of our congregation. But we should have that mentality more of a, let's go down front and ask for prayers. Um, I've got something going on in my life this week. Maybe I need the prayers. Now, does that mean I'm going to do it? It's going to be tough. But we need to have more of that mentality. And I think that is where the humbleness comes into play. Um, We have to humble ourselves to make that first step to go down there. What you got, Mike? Mm-hmm. Well, not for all Mm-hmm. That's true. And that's true. I'm not saying there's not more responses here in the pews, that type thing. I was just talking about the power of prayer and the humbleness that it takes and the honesty with yourself that, you know, I could use the prayers of the church. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. And I, that's true. Yeah, forever. <laughs> that's true too. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true too. Right. No, I I agree. Right. And that's a whole nother element to it. And you're right about that as far as whenever it is a sin, but. I also think we need to remember that, you know what, we don't have to have sinned to have to go down front and ask for prayers for the church. Um, now, if it is that type of sin, then yes, we have certain steps that we're commanded to follow um, in order to resolve any type of sin or conflict that we have. But I think the, what we're talking about here, too, is the humbleness that it takes in our hearts and the honesty that we have to have with ourselves to make that commitment to go down there and ask for prayers because like what you said, as far as people are going to see it, people are going to think they don't know the whole story. So they're going to think what the worst of whatever's going on, that's just human nature. And it shouldn't be that way in the church. Um, a comfort. Right. Right. That's true. And I think that's one of our biggest resources um, because I can't go to each one of you and say, hey, I need you to pray for me for this. But if I go down front, you all all see it. And if we're all loving like we, we are, I mean, we truly are, but it's hard to get over that threshold to do that. But I think we need to use that avenue a lot more, um, not just for our big sins or things that we need to resolve, which we need to use it for that too. Um, but how much stronger could we be, know each other better if we'd use that? Right, and it says in numerous places in Luke, in Second Chronicles, in Proverbs, in Psalms, God loves a humble person. God loves you to be humble, um, and He's going to exalt those people that are humble. Now, how's He going to exalt you? I don't know, but you got to give Him that chance. And until you show how humble you are and your humility um, in asking for prayers, in using all the avenues He's given us. Um, we don't know how much God could exalt us or where he will exalt us, where he will use us um, in the church, 
what he'll do for us in our personal life, our family life, how many problems he can resolve for us until we use all the tools he's given us um, to help us. And I think until we do that and get the church involved, get everyone praying for us, um, we're not using all the tools that he's given us to, to use. That's true. Right. And that's true. I mean, we don't have to go down front to get the prayers of the church or prayers of other members of the church. Um, that's just one that came to mind because it's offered every time we're together. And that's just something that I always wondered. Why don't we use it more? Uh, but anyways, that was just a question that I had and wanted to see what your all's thoughts were. So we're going to finish up here. Um, we can pray boldly, but we should never pray proudly. Let's always remember that. Um, it talks about that in Hebrews 4.16, 1 John 3.22. Uh, we were going to read that, but, but we were about out of time. And knowing that with God, without God, we would be nothing and have nothing, um, we owe everything to him. And if we keep this in mind when we pray, when we pray for ourselves, when we pray for others, we're going to have everything. We may not have it here on earth, but eventually we're going to have everything if we stay humble, um, if we're honest with things that's going on in our life, and if we pray to God to, to help us and keep the church involved as well, keep all of our brothers and sisters involved. Um, like I said, we may not get everything here on earth, but I know we'll get it in eternity in heaven. So that's all I got. Thank you all.